0: Welcome to our Think Kingdom podcast. We want to welcome you this week as we continue in the book of Acts with the Jesus Movement. Let's jump in and see what God's Word has for us from our lead pastor, Antoine Lasseter.
1: Acts chapter 5, verse 12. Um, let's read. Many signs and wonders were being done among the people through the hands of the apostles. Notice it's through the hands, not by. Very important. It's through the hands of the apostles. Sometimes when miracles happen, uh, we flock to our uh, favorite preacher, but let's just be honest. Um, The power of God may be moving through them, but they don't orchestrate it themselves. So I got a lot to cover, but when something's jumps out, I'm just going to pause, so bear with me. So there was a lot of things that were done. uh, Many signs and wonders were being done among the people through the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's colonnade. So imagine, everybody been to Concord Mills, imagine the food court is where the temple is, and then the outer courts is where the porch is or the Solomon's colonnade. So this is where a lot of people were gathering. And, And here's what's so crazy. Verse number 13, no one else dared to join them. But the people spoke well of them. If you back up just a little bit in Acts chapter 5, the previous um, verses, um, Ananias and Sapphira, um, they lied to the Holy Spirit, and they end up dropping dead. And the word got out that these these Christ followers were serious about their faith. And so when the world was looking out, looking in, uh, that scripture, verse number 13, no one else dared to join them. Because they were like, man, them people serious about their faith. They ain't nothing to play with. So we're not gonna um, play with God or the things of God. We're not gonna join them. We respect them, but you know it's something to be a Christ follower. Yeah. So they were just weighing in. The, they were just thinking about themselves. Like I'm not sure if that's the type of group. Because I'm not all the way right yet. So before I decide whether to join them, so no one else dared to join them. But the people spoke well of them. Believers were added to the Lord in increasing numbers, multitudes of both men and women. As a result... They would carry the sick, this is crazy, out onto the streets and lay them on cots and mats so that when Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. <laughs> Man. In addition, a multitude came together from the town surrounding Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those who, tormented, who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Now, even if you take these scriptures in isolation without the context of the previous chapters, wow. That the church was not only growing, but the church was like, like what's the word? The church was on fire. And that fire caused the people that even weren't even connected to the church to respect the church. The reputation of the church was one of integrity. Man, I long for the days that the church will return back to its integrity. But I digress. But, but here's what's so crazy. And the people that were hearing about this Jesus were so full of faith that they said, look, Peter might be too busy, so if, if they have been with Jesus as evidenced by these signs. So we don't want to bother them. We're just going to lay the people out in the streets and hopefully when he walks by, the shadow heals them. Good, googity-moogity. That's the only word I could come up with. Like, this is crazy. And so we got to look at these three truths that the disciples, um, they're now referred to as the apostles, which are messengers, and messengers of who? Jesus Christ, that the apostles are carrying with them. They're carrying with them, number one, the presence of God. Man, I might lose a lot. I might lose money. I might be on my sick bed, but whatever you do, don't take the Spirit of God from me. It's the presence of God, and then they took with them the power of God. And here's what I love, the performance of God. It's not the disciples. Don't you fool yourself. It's not me. It's the one that I am sent to bear witness to. This is so important because the Holy Spirit is not only moving in them, the Holy Spirit is residing in them, which allows the Holy Spirit to work through them. This is important. And because after Ananias and Sapphira took their ale, um, folks began to take the things of God seriously. And, And signs and miracles were following those that believe. Wait a minute. Wait, I think I heard that Scripture before in Mark chapter 16 that these signs will follow those that believe. What signs are following us? Because he said that these signs, miracles, and wonders will follow those that believe. And here's another interesting part of verse uh, number 14 that believers were added to the Lord, not the church. Not membership, but to the Lord. At the end of the day, when a church grows in number and it explodes, praise the Lord. But the Lord is not adding to that church. He's adding to himself. That's why we're not in competition with other churches. We have to be faithful with what God has given us. If that's a handful of folk of the thousands, we are required to be faithful to what God has done. Let me just bring it down to you. Whether it's you have a lot of money or you are raking in the money, you are called, we are called to be faithful with what God has given us. If he gave us, if, if, if God has given us children, we are called to steward our children. And so this is what unity looks like in the early church. They were all together. All together. This is important because here's the reality of what's happening in this early church. Christians had the reputation of actually believing and following Jesus. Go figure. This was not a political thing. It was a Christ thing. How do we know more about your politics than the Jesus you claim to know? I mean, think about it. Everybody, Mike, everybody has an opinion. I mean, again, You heard me say this once. You heard me say it a thousand times. Social media is a gas station bathroom. You get in, you do your business, you don't touch anything, and you leave. Because everyone has an opinion. But we are called to share the truth. And the disciples are are stirring people's faith because of their obedience People's faith was so stirred that they expected that even Peter's shadow could heal them. Now, then this verse doesn't explicitly say his shadow healed, but it does say in the next verse that in addition to the people who were following Christ, they became healed. So here's a point I want you to sort of I want I want to make plain to you. Don't try to mimic their miracles. Demonstrate their faithfulness. We have all these folks that are that they're trying to mimic what the disciples are doing. We are called to be faithful. So, um, man, it's like, it's, uh, it's like late night evangelist television. You get folks that's not only screaming, and there's nothing wrong with that, in and it by itself, but we, we, we bind holy water by the ounces, and, 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 and what's crazy is th- Peter never said that his shadow was going to heal them. Yes. Peter didn't market his shadow. Wow. Peter and the dis- disciples and the apostles were just being faithful. Yeah. There's a difference between being faithful and trying to mimic. And I believe that we have so gotten to the place where we have this consumer mentality. It's healed me, and God is requiring us to be faithful. If the marriage works, praise the Lord. But. God is calling us to be faithful. If we are healed from all manner of diseases, praise the name of the Lord. But hear me and hear me passionately say that he's calling us to be faithful. So don't force the signs, the miracles, and the wonders. You know, I call it one up. Mike gives his testimony. It's a cra- it's, man, it's a beautiful testimony and reminder of God's faithfulness. And then I go behind Mike and I have to exaggerate what God did for me. Some of the greatest testimonies in the, in the world is really simple He kept me. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, like, and, and, and so don't mimic their miracles, demonstrate their faithfulness. Verse number 15 as a result, they would carry the sick. And then in addition, in verse number 16, a multitude came. And so let's not try to duplicate the miracles of the disciples. But as a matter of fact, it wasn't the antics of the disciples, but it was the expectations from the people. They preached the gospel. And the signs from preaching the gospel followed them. But, everybody say but. While God is working, the enemy is warring. And so we cannot be surprised that these miracles are happening. And then we reach verse number 17. Then the high priest rose up. He and all who were with him, who belonged to the party of Sadducee, were filled with jealousy. So they arrested the apostles and put them in public jail. And, and, but an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail during the night, brought them out, and said, go and stand in the temple and tell the people all about this life. Now, I'm going to age myself, but a few years ago, um, you know, there was a, like a slang term. Um, so, this is like part two of today's message. So, I got like three messages in one. So, y'all pray my strength in the Lord and your tolerance. So, Go and stand in the temple and tell the people about this life. So there was a time that, um, that we would say things like, um, you ain't about that life, right? And, and so I, I find it funny in these particular words that the Holy Spirit's like, tell them about this life because they need to know what they're signing up for. They need to know what they're getting into if they want to be about this life. And so, um, so about this life would mean that, um, to, that, that, you know, living a certain way. So sometimes the expectations that people had of you was based on how you dressed, um, uh, how you talked. And in a the, in the real sense of the word, it was like uh, you fronting. Okay, that's my language. Um, the, old, the young folks would say something like, uh, you cap, no cap. Like, oh, I don't know. I'm in the middle, so I'm confusing myself. Listen, <laughs> the point is, you aren't who you claim to be, right? So, let me just stop trying to be hip and just get to the point. You are not who you claim to be. So, you're wearing the flag, but not a part of the country. You're wearing the colors, but you're not affiliated. So, so what... The Holy Spirit is saying, listen, everything that I said to you in Acts chapter 1, verse 2, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 4, this stuff is about to come up. Yeah. So if you have faking the funk, then what you need to be realizing is that uh, it all comes out in the wash. Because the Holy Spirit has a plan and he's about, to, he's about to stir stuff up. And now think about this. Why didn't the end, why didn't God just silence and squash the Sadducees because God works within the culture. Wouldn't it be easier if uh, all the evil, evil people were just suddenly leave? I mean, it would make sense. God, you want us to advance your kingdom? Absolutely. There's evil people over here. Sure. Handle this. And he's like, no, by the power of my spirit, you're going to handle it. So, there's a, there's, a, there's a claim that the disciples are, are making. And, and the Holy Spirit is like, look, y'all just got locked up. And this is what's so crazy. But the angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail during the night. So can you imagine the, the doors open and the disciples are like... And this is crazy. And then... Um, The Holy Spirit tells them, go and stand in the temple and tell the people all about this life. There may be some times you have to run, but this ain't one of them. You pray for boldness, you got boldness. Because your boldness is going to, I'm going to use to advance my kingdom. So when we say we're going to take the city, no. When we say we're going to take the block, hold up. When we say we're going to take our homes, Like this is what's happening. And then the priest rose up, the rest of the apostles, and now we have verse number 21. And we're going to park here for a few moments and then you can enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Hearing this, I love this because what it says is they listened and obeyed. That I'll preach right there. Holy Spirit's like, hey, go to the temple and tell everybody about this life. Hearing this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Wait, didn't y'all just get arrested when the high priest and those who were with him arrived? They convened the Sanhedrin, the full council of the Israelites, and sent orders to jail to the jail to have them brought. But when the servants got there, they did not find them in jail, so they returned and reported, "Hey, they ain't there." I'm sorry, that's the gospel, that's the Book of Acts, according to it's what? Uh, we found the jail securely locked, with the guards standing in front of the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. As the captain of the temple police and the chief priests heard these things, they were baffled about them, wondering what would come of this. And then someone came and reported to them, look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple and they teaching people. <laughs> yep, they sure is. <laughs> then the commander went with the servants and brought them in without force because they were afraid the people might stone them. How crazy is that? I mean, Christians really got a great reputation. After they brought them in, they had them stand before the Sanhedrin. And the high priest asked, didn't we strictly order you not to teach in this name? Look, you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Oh, that's not what we're preaching, but your conscience will speak. I, I have noticed that, Natasha, real talk, that sometimes when we're preaching, people are convicted, and we didn't say that. But I ain't going to park there too long. Because somebody just said, I think he's talking about me. <laughs> that's not the point of the message. Peter and the apostles replied, we, all oh, right out here. This, this right here, that's the secret sauce. This right here changed your life. Peter and the apostles replied We must obey God rather than people. Because sometimes in obeying God, we upset people. Sometimes in obeying God, persecution is now invited. But they say we must obey God rather than people. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus. Now, I love this, whom you had murdered. <laughs> That's messed up. Who us? Yeah, you. Um, by hanging him on a tree. And God exalted this man to his right hand as ruler and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. We are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. I want to focus, this is the third part of the message. I want to focus on this. We are witnesses to these things. That should grab our attention and move back to Acts chapter 1, verse 8, when Jesus tells them, um, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. And now I want you to pause right there. I want you to circle if you have a paper Bible, because remember, he says, In Jerusalem, where are they now? Jerusalem. So you're going to be my witnesses, but don't do anything yet because you need the power of the Holy Spirit to do it. Because in our, in our attempts to do what God has called us to do, sometimes we're led by more strategy than we are spirit. And your strategy will not withstand the assaults that are coming. And so we do need strategy, absolutely. But whatever you do, do not go before the Holy Spirit is in you. Boy, don't make a decision. I have made decisions based on feelings, and God said, no, you were speaking to yourself. It's the Spirit, and here's the beauty of God. It's amazing to me how people are operating in the Spirit, and the Spirit never corrects. That means that everything that originates with us, God always amens. God is always in agreement with us. Man, where they do that at? And there's the tension of being present with God, but living in this flesh. And so he said, you will be my witnesses. And see, I don't want you uh, to miss this because we have believers that are being respected because their reputation is pure. And sometimes people will contaminate what God has said. So they they move in step, Galatians 5, they're moving in step with the Spirit, and they are different. But here's what I want to point out. He's, uh, Jesus tells them Acts chapter one, verse eight, you will be my witnesses. Light bulb goes off, and they're like, no, we are his witnesses, because we have seen what he's done. And y'all can't take that away. This is what's interesting. In the New Testament, there's various words for witnesses. Now, in the Greek, which is just blows my mind, that these Christians were so um, on fire with the Holy Spirit that the Greek word for um, witness, which means to bear witness, to be a witness, is martyrio. Now, martyrio is related to the word martyr. You will be martyred. Like, like, see, see this, this is why God had to deal with Ananias and Sapphira, because they were bearing false witness. So you were bringing in a reproach to my name. And so when I call you, you will be my witnesses of what I've done. How can you bear false witness and you see So I have to remove you. And this is what the disciples are now walking in, that they realize that, wait a minute, Jesus, three years teaching us, leading us, guiding us. We saw the Savior resurrected. We saw the Savior taken, died, resurrected. He spends 40 days with us in Acts chapter 1, and he's given us instructions. He's no longer speaking in these sort of abstract terms. He's actually being more specific as the journey that we're on. And now they're realizing, wait, that's why he's preserving us so that we be his witness. Because the word martyr shows the ultimate form of witness in that one may be called upon to lay down his life as a witness to the truth or because of his witness for Jesus Christ. They were living their lives out in the fullness, accepting that living in their fullness means to live as martyrs. And Jesus tells them that it will be witnesses. And as we journey through the book of Acts, we begin to see what that truly means. And witnesses are always cross-examined. And now we are to live our lives as living sacrifices. Romans chapter 12, verse one. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as living sacrifice, living martyrs, living witnesses, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age. Do not be conformed to the pressures that will come because you have decided to live as a living sacrifice. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we do that? By praying. If you watch the pattern of the disciples, every time they were persecuted, they prayed. Every time there was a move, they prayed because they recognized if I go in my own mind, if, if, if I go, your mind is the seat of your emotions and your intellect. It's where they meet. And so be renewed in your mind. Why? So that we may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God, not ours. We believe our intentions were good. Okay, so we're on a bridge. And I'm standing here. And you're standing beside me. You said, hey, Pastor Antoine, look at that. And I look at it and you, you, you stumble and I fall into the bridge. I fall into the water. I can't swim or drown. You call my wife and say, hey, now I didn't intend to kill him. Oh, she feels better. So your intentions are more than what your mind tells you. So it says, discern what is the good pleasing and perfect will of God. We are to be living sacrifices, and as living sacrifices, we are supposed to get off the altar. Let me say it again. We are supposed to get off the altar. A living sacrifice moves. And so the living sacrifice moves and go tell of the story of the ultimate sacrifice. And scripture says that's our reasonable service. In other words, we are all Christ believers, technically dead. But because we are living sacrifice, we keep moving. Because the true altar is not this place, it's this place. The true altar, and I understand there's a, there's, a, there's a faith, and we have an altar call at the end, but there's a faith that happens when you walk. But the, tr- but the truth of the reality is, we have people walking to the altar, but hearts are far from Him. Wow. It's tight, it's right, and I mean us, because there are times that the reason why I kept walking to the altar is because I wasn't determined to do the work when I got home. Man, I'm just telling you the truth. So how much is dead in your life is based on how much you've submitted to God. And so living sacrifices are living as witnesses and potential martyrs for his name. And so uh, our old old pastor told me this. He said, what do you see out here? I said, I see a parking lot. He, was in the parking lot? I said, trash. He said, son, follow the bouncing ball. I said, "Okay, yeah." He said, "What do you see out here?" I said, "A um, uh, uh, parking lot." What do you see that's in the parking lot? Parked cars. I said, "Yes." He said, "As a car is parked, it can't fulfill its purpose, and God does not steer parked cars. Catch gotcha. it. God can only steer what's moving." So as living sacrifices, we keep dying on this altar and living through our heart. And he's saying, listen, we are living sacrifices. Everywhere I go is a sacrifice unto him because sacrifice is what you truly worship. Listen, I love you guys and I thank you for worshiping with me. But if you never come back again... This is the sacrifice of your heart. And when you and I are are living our lives as living sacrifices, I don't want to die to it. But nonetheless, not my will, but your will be done. Community brings out the sacrifice because he's preparing the disciples for what's to come. And then when you see that we're live as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable in his sight, that simply means, Marco, that we are holy and acceptable, not because of what we've done. It's because of what he's done. And as living sacrifices, ultimately we point people back to the ultimate sacrifice that he made. And so this is why Christians, as, as often Christians, as well as the gospel they are preached, should be under attack. Because we are living sacrifices. And in these circumstances, they had to bear the same testimony to the truth of who Jesus was. Listen, at the end of the day, the ultimate assault against our faith has nothing to do with principles. It is who we declare who Jesus is. So all of this gathering, I love the worship songs, but if the worship songs... Uh, um, uh, 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 point you to a memory, and that memory doesn't include the goodness of Jesus, let's stop singing. Everything that we should do is to glorify the one who who sent us. We are all the apostles of God, messengers of God. We have got this hierarchy that for some reason, y'all think I eat, sleep, Drink, Jesus, and in my attempts, I will like to, but I fall short. So if you platform me in your eyes without seeing the person who I am trying to represent, and then that's why we put so much authority and power in the office. And the authority and power is in Jesus. Everything that we do should bring glory to his name. And here's what's so crazy about that statement. That's our reasonable service. We ain't did nothing special yet. That's what we are expected to do. That's what we're supposed to do. So the beauty of this is there are seasons of following Jesus that we're respected and rejected simultaneously. That somebody is going to be saying, beautiful, beautiful. And then somebody else is going to be saying, ugly, ugly. I break it down to you this way. On on Sunday, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Round about Wednesday, crucify them. These are the patterns of a believer. It should, think it not robbery. Think it not, be not surprised when the fiery darts of this world come at us. Because he has given us his word. And faith. Come on, somebody say faith. Faith is trusting God no matter what the results are. Many of us need to reevaluate the prayers that we've prayed in in the sense of God did not answer. Yes, he did. You just thought, I just thought that he was going to answer this way. We wanna hear God say go, and his silence means stay. Have you ever been in a place that you got tired? But it was the Lord telling you. "Mm," you, It was so crazy Is you know what he's saying, but your heart can't take it. So you just ignore it. There were seasons in my life God told me to stay and I reluctantly stayed. There were seasons in my life that God told me to go and I didn't go. There are seasons in your life, baby, that you gotta understand that rejection and respect happens in the same context. That even in that place of trouble, God is working something out in you. I know you're praying that it will stop. I know that you're praying for healing and deliverance. But what do you do in the meantime? That's faith. Faith is being able to see it when you don't understand it. Faith. And this this people of God, it's evidence in the book of Acts. We need faith like never before because we're not talking about moving mountains. I'm talking about the stuff in my heart. (laughs) I wanna hold on to the grudge. It's easy. It's easy to get you out of my life. But God didn't move Joseph, Judas. Judas removed himself. Man, I feel like preaching up in this sanctified holy church. There's something happens when God begins to settle it in your own heart. You become like Jove, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. But here's what's so crazy. God wasn't slaying Job. So even in that profound statement, Job had to be redirected. There are times that we miss we miss, uh, we miss the mark in terms of who we to blame. And God didn't slay uh, Job, but he had his hand in it. Uh, uh, faith does not mean that we should not believe in healing or the breakthrough. No, we should. But we should believe more in the sovereignty of God than our personal safety. We should, it's not that my faith says it won't happen for me. My faith says if it don't, he's still God. Faith is those three Hebrew boys. Look, look, we're in the fire right now. And we know he's able, but if he don't, he's still God. That's faith, man. Faith is not you and I determining what the results should be. Faith is you determine and I trust. That's what faith is. Faith is the followers of Jesus learning in Jerusalem. They learning in Jerusalem because Judea is right around the corner. Mm. Man. They learn in Jerusalem because Samaria is right around the corner. They learn in Jerusalem because the outermost parts of the earth is right around the corner. What are you saying, man of God? What I'm saying is that he, the pressure is preparation. Man, he said, don't you go until my spirit is with you because you don't know what's ahead. And so that very place that you're complaining about is the very place that he's preserving you. Listen, I love my sons, but it's going to come to a point where they got to make their own decisions and they're going to be out of dad's home. And when they're out of dad's home, I and my wife can only say we did the best we could, baby. It's up to them this far. And what we have to understand in this context and the people of God, we must understand that we can only do but so much. We got to lean and depend on Jesus. That's why we put our hands in it. That's why we get dirty with stuff that he never called us to. That's why it's easy to share something that you don't research. That's why it's easy to believe stuff that's in your heart. The heart is deceitfully wicked. And so there are times that things come across my email, things come across social media, and I want to share it. And God said, why are you sharing that? And I take a breath. Holy Spirit, what you talking about? First of all, it ain't got nothing to do with me. Second of all, that ain't real. But we so reactionary. Everything that's happening, I I didn't need for us to say this. I don't do this whole talky-talky thing, but sometimes you got to do it. Everything, I want you to say this, everything that's happening to me is according to the plan of God. Woo, child, that's hard right there. Because, hey, I made some dumb mistakes, and I'm just saying me, so I won't offend you. But let's just be part of the family. Y'all made some dumb mistakes too. And here's what's so crazy about those mistakes. We make the mistakes, and then when God doesn't get us out of it immediately, we mad at Him. Right. You were grown enough to make the mistake, be mature enough to handle the consequences. Oh, I feel it. God, I feel it. I feel a fire in me that I ain't feeling years. Because there's, a, there's a something that God wants to do in this church, but that church is not a building. The church is a people. There's something to do that God wants to do in us. And I get violent in the spirit, Josh, because I see what's ahead. Wake up, church, because God is moving. And the, the biggest is a song. I don't even know the words. All I know is whatever you're doing is this season, Lord, don't do it without me. I come too far just to say I came. Oh, my God. I'm going to run. I'm going to run and see how the end going to be. Man, boy, I feel like Martin Luther the King. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I'm telling you. Because there's there's something that's stirring in this book of Acts. And every time I read it, there's something that's leaping from this page. And it's like, Lord, I want that. He said, no, you don't. You want me. Stop looking at the signs, miracles, and wonders. That's just the evidence of his presence. But sometimes the evidence of his presence is his silence. And sometimes... I mean, think about Scripture, be still and know that I am God. You don't know how hard it is to be still. Listen, I'm just going to, I'm just, we family. And guess I consider you family. Sometimes the reason why it takes me an hour to pray is because of every 15 seconds, I'm thinking about something else. <laughs> if I get my mind right, the prayer will be 15 minutes. But I'm going to start with, Lord, you're good. Lord, you're good. I wonder if Tony got the work safe. Oh Lord you're good. Boy, they didn't take that trash out again. Like, <laughs> like, like there's this there's this the assault of things, Lord you're good. And Anakin like, mm, I need to go outside. You mean they ain't take you outside to walk? And then there's something in silence. There's a stillness that God is calling us to. So the first thing, and I end with this. So, uh, first thing is sovereignty. Knowing that God is sovereign requires submission. The disciples in this whole experience knew that God was with them. But I promise you, there's an easier way, at least in the disciples' minds. We preach, they respond, they accept Jesus, move on to the next city. But sovereignty requires submission. James chapter 4 To submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Stop right there. Because that implies that there's other ways to submit. That implies right there. It doesn't say submit. I know we got to submit to one another, but you can't submit one to another if you don't submit to God first. It's hard to submit to my wife and my wife to submit to me if we ain't submitting to God. It's hard for the kids to submit to their parents if they ain't submitted to God first. It's hard for us to submit to these jacked-up employers. Whoa, I didn't mean to say that. Lord, forgive me. It's hard to submit to that messed-up boss uh, when you ain't submitted to God. And so that, he didn't say submit them to God. He said submit yourselves. That's hard, my dude. Because when you submit yourself, therefore, to God, you can resist the devil. We rebuking and, and resisting the devil, and we first ain't submit to God. So when we, the devil hear our voice, now Jesus I know, and then Paul I know, I don't know who you are. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. And it's not our job to force people to submit themselves. You know what you need to be doing, maybe, but I'm just distracted by how mean you are. All right, <laughs> that was... <laughs> yo. No, that was, that was rough. That was rough. All right, so submit. So sovereignty requires submission. And this submission is worship. Worship is being a witness unto him. I know we have expressions of worship, but its true form is to show worth, right? It's to ascribe worth to. So we say we worship the Lord, and that's bearing witness in everything that we do. That's my actions. Selah. Your worship isn't just you lifting hands. You know how it is. Like, Come on, worship the Lord. And then, outside the parking lot. Uh, that's all I'm going Chris, to say about that. <laughs> Keep it moving, reverend. Keep, you doing good. You went to my front door. Now, submission is worship. Everything I do is done to him my actions, my life, my all. Oof. Think about that. How we treat our kids is worship to the Lord. How we go to work on Monday morning, somebody's just like, Lord, I gotta get on that altar. Cause I already figured out what I'm gonna tell them. <laughs> submission, my worship. Because the sovereignty of God requires submission, and the sovereignty of God is our security. Nothing happens to us that He either promoted or permitted. Nothing. Even, oh my God, this is hard. Even the trauma that we've experienced in our lives. The comfort is Romans 8 and 28. That no, He did not, He did not, he allowed it to happen, but he didn't endorse it. But you step it a little further, Romans 8 and 28, that's why you had to be submitted to God because 8 and 28 doesn't work if we're first not submitted to God because 8, Romans 8 and 28 says, we know that all things. And all things, those ugly, those bad, I'm dealing with people and in their trauma and I wrestle with this. What do you mean? All things. And all things, all things work together for the good of those who love God. And so when I'm praying for them, and I'm reminded, do they love me? I say, yes, Lord, I know that they love you, but it's hard. This trauma is, you can't outrun your trauma. And it's catching up with them. He said, all things work together for the good of those who love God who are called according to his purpose. Antoine, do you see the purpose that I'm calling them to? Yes. Then all things work together for the good of those who love God. So even in my trauma, I can worship because I love him. And it may not make sense now, and I'm not excusing what they did, but there's something that God can get out of it that's for his glory and my good. So Antoine, you can live with pity or you can live in power. You have to make that decision. And so I don't have the answers to those among us, to those who are watching online, but those who are struggling now. I don't have the answers. I just have the faith to trust God with the results. And he said all things. We're together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. I want to leave you with this, that you are valuable and broken. You are saint and a sinner. But the word says all things. And we are made righteous by Christ, but still struggle. We are made righteous by Christ. And that work that he started in you, he's faithful to finish. And he already has the contingencies for your backsliding. He already made provision for the times you doubted. He already made provisions for when the time that you didn't walk in step with the Spirit, you walked ahead. He already made provision for you slowing down. He already made provision. You and I are not big enough to cancel the plans of God for our lives. I want you to hear it because I don't want you to romanticize the apostles. I want you to think of the one who sent them. The whole, up to this point in Acts chapter 5, it's the beauty of God using broken, flawed individuals to fulfill his purpose. And so I understand, before you put your heads to it, I got to get myself right, doc. Newsflash, you can't. You ain't good enough. We all need the power of the Holy Spirit working freely in us. Christ has made us righteous. And so sovereignty, the understanding the sovereignty of God requires submission, and it's our security. So when the disciples are now being settled in Acts chapter 5, and we haven't finished yet, there's there's some few verses that we're going to get to and then go ahead I tell you this every week read ahead because all of this and what they're going through right now is preparation because something's something's coming And, and so remember that this is still in Jerusalem they haven't left the familiar place just yet and God is telling them hey, I got you. So I want you to hear me say to you, the reminder is simple. Natasha, he got you. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, it all worked together for our good and his glory.
0: That was Pastor Antoine continuing in the Book of Acts with the Jesus Movement. If you are blessed by anything you heard in today's podcast and you feel like to give, feel free to text the word GIVE to 704-741-3705. And if you are in Charlotte or the surrounding areas, come on by and visit us at 465 South Cannon Boulevard in Kenneapolis, North Carolina, Sundays at 1033. You could also join us online Sundays on Facebook and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to us and check out our Instagram under Think Kingdom. As always, you can go back and hear this message and so many more right here on our Think Kingdom podcast.